Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, y'all? Woo! Week Woo! 10, feeling good? Middle feeling of the season. You know, you just know so many people are four and five. Five and four. I feel like that's everybody in every single one of my leagues because it's been so inconsistent this year with players. Do not give up. But like you're right there on the cusp. And this week matters so much. There's a couple leagues. And of course, they're my two favorite leagues that I need to win this week. Do you play favorites? I do. I do. And I need to win this week. Mm. And it's I'm very scared. How are you doing in your leagues, Jake? Uh, I'm doing okay. I think, again, along the lines is everybody else. Pretty average in them, but my home league, the one that it matters the most in, like, I don't care what anybody says, my home league with a bunch of dopes that are not (laughs) in this industry, I am sitting with two wins and it gives me so much pain and agony. I've lost every single recent matchup in the worst way possible. I'm just going to quit. I'm not. I will never actually leave that league, but it makes me want to. Did you lose by the Jawan Johnson touchdown there at the end of Monday Night Football? Because some people lost that way. Yeah. If I lost that way, I would have quit fantasy football. <laughs> I did not, thankfully, but I lost in other embarrassing ways. If my opponent started Jawan Johnson and then the whole time he's doing nothing and then all of a sudden they just decide not to tackle him uh, at the end of the game and he scores a touchdown, like there's just like, You know, God doesn't want you to play fantasy then. That's how I feel. Sometimes we need to, like, cut our losses. I did not lose. I actually won on Isaiah Likely's one reception that went for a touchdown in two leagues. So thank you, Isaiah Likely. All right, we got some news and notes. Obviously, we're going to hit on our scrumptious starts, our fades of the week, and we'll help you set those lineups. But before we get into news and notes, we're going to do our trivia it's been a while, and I it's like to bit. embarrass you guys when you're not, you know, you don't know the answers. It's always yeah, you're never fun. on the receiving end of trivia, I want to point out. You're always in the driver's seat mm, conducting maybe, trivia. Maybe we'll change that up next time, and we'll let either Kate or you come up with questions. But for now, I like my three no, questions. I think Jake and I should tag team it next time. All right. That's and fun. Jake, uh, neither of us were aware that this was happening. True. Michelle. That's correct. So I think uh, one of these days in our private group chat, by private group, I mean our text message together. Uh, yeah, what can private text- group chat do you have? <laughs> it's called a text message, Michelle. Uh, we can text message each other and say, let's do trivia on Michelle tonight. And Done. we will. Oh, my boom. goodness. I'm shaking in my boots, guys. You should I'm so <laughs> nervous. All right. The first question. we got three questions here. First one's up. Stephon Diggs leads the NFL with five receptions of 40 plus yards this season. There are four players tied in second place with four receptions of 40 plus yards. Now, three of them are pretty obvious. There's Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell. Who's the fourth guy? I feel like I know it. Okay, we'll guess. Do I get first guess? Well, we'll give Jake first guess since you seem so confident. I don't want to ruin I'm, it. I'm event. certainly not going to get it. I don't have any grand ideas about this. I want to say it's somebody like unsuspecting. So I'm going to say Dallas Goddard. No. Ooh, that's a fun answer. I was going to say DK Metcalf. No. Damn it. It is a wide receiver. I'll tell okay. you that. Okay. 
May I, I hope it's Khalif Raymond just for the callback <laughs> potential of it, but I, I don't it's think not that's that true. crazy. It's, it's not that crazy. It's Jake's start of the week from last week. Uh, Packers. Samari Toure. No, I don't even think he has four about. receptions. On All the four of them went <laughs> for 40 plus receiving <laughs> I, I'll oh, give no. you one more, one more guess each. And you Debo. guys should be drinking. No. What did you say? Debo. Oh. No, although I was shocked looking at average depth of target today. Debo's like bottom. Like among... two yards per yeah, reception. It's, it's terrible. Ridiculous. He went back to his old days. To, and not him, but the system is yeah, used him back Ridiculous. In his old days. So stupid answer, Jake. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Rude. ahead and say. It doesn't have to be 40 air yards, just 40 yards. So, you know, Debo could have got that. Go ahead. Um, Don't take forever. There's dead air. All right, people just closed the podcast out. You gotta say okay. At least I said a name. I had an actual name. Um, Amonara St. Brown. No, that was a terrible guess. It is Juju Smith Schuster. Wow, Juju, and we did trivia in the off season, and I asked you guys who's had the longest receptions. Uh, in mm-hmm. the last five years. And Juju was the top guy twice. He tied himself with a 97-yard reception. I said, this dude can have big plays. And guess what? He's doing it this year. He's been really good lately for fantasy. Good for him. You act like you invented rooting for Juju. No, I'm just saying. People are mean to him for no reason. All right, moving on to our second but question. TikTok. You get two seconds to name a guy, Kate. All right? No, mm-hmm. no more of this long time. Which player has the most carries of 25 plus rush yards this season. There's one guy at the top all by himself with six carries of 25 plus yards. Who is it? I'm going to take a kind of obvious one, but I'll say Saquon. No, but he is second. He's tied for second with five. Kenneth Walker. No. And he's not tied for second. Wow. It's it's certainly not going to be anybody this obvious, but I just I'm going to say Derrick Henry anyways. No, I would not have made this a question if it was Derrick right. Henry. But actually, he doesn't even have five. There are a bunch of guys wow. tied at five and four, and Derrick Henry is not at five or four. So he's Dang. Not. Yeah. Jamal Williams. No. All right, <laughs> one more guess each, and I don't see you guys drinking. Oh, that's fine. That's I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, Mom. Mom. Uh, Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. Oh my god! It's just gonna keep happening. All right, I'm gonna say uh, Antonio Gibson. Ew! No, does he even have know. one carry of five yards? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first name that came to mind. Um, again, stupid answer, Jake. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go with. It, it can't be as obvious as Nick Chubb. No, he's tied at two with five. All right. Number one is Travis Etienne at wow. six. Lovely. Yeah. Just started getting the carries in Jacksonville, and he's already leading the league with these big rushes. Gotta love it. All right. And then last question. Six running backs have scored 15-plus fantasy points in six or more games this season, right? So Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley lead the league with seven games. There's four running backs tied with six games of 15-plus fantasy points. Three of those guys are obvious. Austin Eckler, CMC, and Derrick Henry. Who's the fourth guy? So he has six games of 15-plus fantasy points. We're talking PPR here. I think I might know this. Is it Miles Sanders? It's not. I'm Andre Stevenson. Kate got it. Oh, nice. It's about time y'all got one right. Wow. Cheers. I, mean, I got to drink. To that. I have to drink in celebration. Like I <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to, but that's where I'm at. I'm so excited. Ramondre Stevenson. So clutch. Did you hear those guys he's with? Chubb, Barkley, Eckler, CMC Henry, and then Ramondre Stevenson. Now, obviously he doesn't have the same upside as those other guys, but he's been real solid. Good for him. Good for him. If he had a solidified role as a starter, he would have that kind of upside though. I hope you guys drank with us during that trivia um, unless you're listening to it in the car you know don't do that yeah <laughs> maybe if you have, maybe if you have coffee take a sip for every time but not if it's too hot we're not liable for that oh my god all right <laughs> let's hop into the news and notes 
Probably the biggest news of the week is Josh Allen, right? So he gets injured there at the end of the Jets game, hurts his elbow. Currently, he's day-to-day with a right elbow sprain. Now, he's not ruled out for the week. But for something like, I feel like if I had a guess, I, I don't think he plays this week, right? It's not because he can't, maybe. Like, I think he could. But the team has to be smart with this. You cannot get... Josh Allen, like if he throws it and his elbow just completely disconnects, like Big Ben's did, you can't ruin Josh Allen's season like that, right? Yeah, they're they're obviously doing too well. These are not must-win games. You know, this one against the Vikings certainly not must-win. It it did note it's unfortunate. Officially, didn't practice today, and so it's like, oh, maybe they would get him involved in some capacity. Because it did seem like it was going from it could be a week-to-week thing. Like the sky was falling, and then they're like, oh, no, it's day-to-day. I still think great. it's week-to-week, though. It also it makes me wonder how much of this is, like, the Bills playing the cards close to their chest. Like, not wanting to give out too much information. There's plenty of game tape out there on Case Keenum. We know what Case Keenum is, so... I think this is the Bills making the Vikings plan for both of these quarterbacks. Listen, I guess I don't know what an elbow sprain feels like, right? But I've sprained other parts of my body. I sprained my wrist. I sprained my ankle. You literally cannot move it ways that you want to move it. Like I couldn't even turn over my wrist when I had a sprained wrist. I have to imagine his elbow is not doing things you need to do in order to throw an accurate ball, at least. Maybe he could still throw it. Now, I know at the end of that game, he threw a dime 70 yards. Like, I totally get it, but it's very different once an injury is able to, you know, you're not all warmed up. You're not, your adrenaline's not going. You actually sit on that injury. It swells. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, if Josh Allen plays, I'm going to play him because he could do it with his legs if he needs to, and I don't really care if he's inaccurate. He'll get it done. Now, what if Case Keenum plays? Are you, like, are you getting cute and playing Case Keenum in fantasy? Like, I'll because start him. I'll start him over guys like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'll do okay. that. I'm comfortable with that level of it. I'm not getting nuts. Like, I'm, he's not a replacement for Josh Allen for fantasy purposes. But I think there are situations where I'd play him. And then what about, like, it, what's nice is Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs have that connection from back in the day with the Vikings. Now, Stephon Diggs ha- did have his season low yards in that <laughs> season, but he had some plenty, he had plenty of good games with Case Keenum. So still starting Stephon Diggs, he'll be the first target. I think one guy I'm not starting is Gabe Davis because Agreed. Gabe Davis lives and dies by the deep ball. And even when he faces a hard defense against deep ball, he doesn't do anything. My fate of the week last week. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not starting Gabe Davis if Case Keenum plays. It really would. Or even if Josh Allen plays, because you don't expect him to be slinging it around deep with a Mm -hmm. elbow sprain, right? I just love the fact that this is against the Vikings. Stephon Diggs, Case Keenum, both against their old teams. Like, it's... So fun. We're reviving that connection. We are getting the revenge game narrative on the other side. Like, what a fun. I think the Bills win, even without Josh Allen. I really do. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would prefer they sit him for my love for Josh Allen. Like, make sure he's right before he comes back. Kyler Murray, hamstring, did not practice on Wednesday. He's considered day to day. I feel like he'll play. Just keep an eye on it. I will be talking about him later in one of our sections. You'll see which one. Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol. That happened on Wednesday. So, like, he had symptoms, I guess, after the game. It sucks because it's a nice matchup. And I don't know what you do with Cooper. You play Cooper Cup, but with John Wolford, it doesn't feel good. Like, that's not great. I'm going to be honest, Michelle, it doesn't feel great with Cooper with Matthew Stafford. Like, I mean, Cooper Cup's been I mean, great. Cooper Cup's been great. But like I'm, I'm saying in terms of like what this offense is, it's not like I don't really think we're getting a huge downgrade at offensive play caller here. Do you know what I found when trying to look up trivia? Allen Robinson has the third most end zone targets this year. Yep. Ten. Yep. Ten targets in the Sweet. end zone. 
and stupid. Alan, what are you doing? Why are you not making fantasy <laughs> points out of those? You don't know. He's not catching them or nothing's happening. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. Obviously, like, I feel like the league's been really careful with concussions this year. So this one's a lot more rockier to me than Kyler Murray. Just keep an yeah, eye on it. Yeah, this late in the week, that's substantial. Like a Wednesday version of that does not bode well. So I am planning as if Stafford is not going to play this weekend. Fair. Debo Samuel is back at practice after missing week eight. Uh, they had a week nine bye, so he had time to get healthy. It was a hamstring, so anytime that happens, you know, there is a risk of playing him, and he gets re-injured on the first drive, but I would I would take the chance with Debo this week if I had him. Traylon Burks, designated to return from IR, said he plans to play in Week 10 versus the Broncos, which sucks is that they played the Broncos, who are the hardest matchup against wide receivers. He can't play Burks this week, right, Jake? I probably wouldn't regardless of matchup unless I was in a a desperate position to do so. It's great that he's coming back and he he is going to be a big benefit to this actual team. Uh, But, you know, it's not as if he was lighting the world on fire prior to the injury. And so let me give him this grace period to kind of come back and then see if he can get into my lineup going forward. Zero wide receivers caught a football for the Tennessee Titans last week. They need him. That's like, I feel like that's so impressive. Like for zero wide receivers to catch a football. Like Impressively awful. Yeah. The Titans need him. And I am excited about Traylon Burks moving forward, but not week one back and not against the Broncos. Like I can't risk that. Jonathan Taylor back at practice Wednesday. He does have a nice matchup versus the Raiders. Kate, what are your feelings on Jonathan Taylor with, New coach, Jeff Saturday. Are they just going (laughs) to light the world on fire? Um, You know, probably not. Um, (laughs) I'm like, can't sit Jonathan Taylor, period. But I feel like we've been playing this cat and mouse game with him all season. And he's like gone away and he's had time off. If he plays, I would expect that he expects himself at a higher level than we saw him at the last time he was on the field. I otherwise, what are you doing? Like, why are we even having him <laughs> active anymore? Like it's extremely high risk and high reward though, isn't it? Because with the interim coaching coming in and like where they stand right now, and we don't know if Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season, if Matt Ryan will make an appearance again or not. And like the whole team is in shambles to the point where it could be Jeff Saturday, you know, being a big, beefy former football player is like, let's bring the guy in and have him run 30 times a game. Or they could just shut him down at some point for the rest of the season. And I truly wouldn't be surprised yeah. by either. If he uh, re-injures that ankle, I, I would expect he's shut down for the year. But let's hope he plays. And if he plays, it's a good enough match to just risk it. I mean, just going through the quarterbacks and the running backs this year, in fantasy, you're like, oh, my God, where are all the good players? Where are they? Where are they all? Because I'm missing them. I actually, um, I think perhaps the better question is, like, can you start Deion Jackson if if Jonathan Taylor is active? I don't want to. I think we'd assume he'd probably have a limited role. Like, I don't Did he do anything last in. week at all? I mean, it was not a great matchup. It was a terrible matchup. But the reason why he was so good that his first start is because he got a million and one targets. Sam Ellinger on the other side doesn't really need to he, – well, he, he probably should, but he doesn't. He only got three targets, two receptions in the game the second time. In that first game where he was so good, he had 10 receptions. He only averaged 3.5 yards per carry in that game, that first game. He wasn't good on the ground. He was so good as a receiver. And then last week you saw he only had three targets, so – Impressive. And it was atrocious on the ground. Impressive, impressive stat. Uh, he's averaging 2.9 yards per attempt. Yards per rush attempt. That is impressive. Yeah. Lighten yeah. the world on fire. So, no, I don't want to start Deion Jackson okay. in the slightest. Okay. Um, and then lastly, before we get to our scrumptious starts, Mike Tomlin said Jalen Warren. That's the backup running back for them. We'll get more touches moving forward for the Steelers. Um, you know, Najee has just been real bad this year. 
I don't know if Jalen Warren's going to fix their running game, but he certainly looks better when he gets the touches. So I'm all for it. And you haven't been able to start Najee in fantasy and just keep not starting him. Right. But I'm not, I'm also don't want to start Jalen Warren. Like I don't think he's going to get enough no. touches. It matters, but he's it a doesn't good even matter stash if gets, for the bench and see what happens. It doesn't even matter if he gets the touches. Like this offense is so bad that you can give him touches, but I mean, you have to really bank on him knocking it out of the park. Like this is a, this is, this is bad. It's bad, bad. Uh, but they're not going to literally give Najee no snaps. Yeah. Like it, it, Najee will still lead the backfield, just not do anything. Sadly, <laughs> just every time we have to talk about the Steelers, we just get sad, sad faces. Let's get happy and let's hop into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Jake, I love your first one. I really do. This guy makes me happy. What are you talking about? I'm glad he makes you happy because he makes me super happy at a position where there is not a lot of happiness to be found. It's Greg Dulcich, tight end for the Denver Broncos. This is a rookie tight end who is coming off of both a core muscle and a hamstring injury from during the offseason. He comes back. He's only played three games. He's on a bad offense. He shouldn't be doing as well as he is. He just shouldn't be. And yet, in the three games that he's played, he's averaging four receptions and 60 yards. He's uh, had more targets than everyone on the team not named Jerry Judy over the last two you named who this guy is yet? I did. I'd say Greg Dulcich. I said his name. I I don't think you did. I did. I sure did. Roll the tape back. Play it back. It's going to be like that commercial, you know? (laughs) You got me. I'll just do the challenge. Button. Yeah, I did. I'm pretty sure you didn't say his name, but go ahead. We're gonna. You're gonna feel so silly when this comes out and you hear it. But Greg Dulcich again is a tight end for the Denver Broncos. But what I like about Dulcich is that he almost can be a field stretcher, a la uh, Dallas Goddard, who I brought up before. This is somebody who's not just your Zach Ertz catch the ball, fall down kind of tight end at this point, and that's great because Denver definitely needs those guys. There's only three to four tight ends that I would probably want over him for the rest of the season. Like his steadiness is fantastic. He'll have a couple of dud games. I'm sure of it. All tight ends do. But this matchup against Tennessee, who's giving up the third most yards to tight ends, is not going to be one of them, most likely. So I'm very excited to roll him out. I'm starting him. Again, if you don't have somebody of a Travis, Kelsey, a Dallas Goddard variety, a Mark Andrews, this is your next best option. So I'm starting him over your Gerald Everett's of the world, certainly your Cole Komets and, and that kind of person. Well, I actually have a question for you because you just brought up Dallas Goddard. I'm in a league and I have Dallas Goddard and I picked up Greg Dulcich because he was there to over the bye and I didn't want him to be on waivers for someone else to pick up. Like, he's just too good. He's too good. Now, Dallas Goddard has a hard matchup against the commanders who are allowing the fewest points to the tight end position. Do I play Dulcich over Dallas Goddard? I'm going to say yes, because of the matchup and because of the consistency that I would see out of Dulcich. It's very possible that Goddard would have the bigger ceiling out of the two. So I respect that. And if that's what you need out of the week, feel free to fire up Goddard. But I would take the reliability, which is, again, crazy to say for this rookie, over him for this week. Dallas Goddard has had uh, more than 60 receiving yards in four out of the last five games. That's pretty reliable. Yeah. Only one touchdown. And then he but can have a game like he did against Dallas, which is weird. You would say it's like a revenge game against his own name uh, where he put <laughs> up two receptions for 22 yards. So like that's still in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And the last game against Washington, three receptions for 26 yards. Now he did right. squeak in the touchdown, but those, He's only had two touchdowns in a year. I don't know. It's hard. I keep going back and forth, but now I think you may. I think you're getting cute. Mm, I don't know. Well, now, okay. Let's make a bet. You made it worse. Okay, let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Jake. So Jake and I are on the dulcet side. Just straight up. Who scores more points? All right. We'll do it. Jake versus Kate. Or Jake and I versus Kate. 
I like it. Well, now I feel like I'm isolated from the rest of the group. Well, you'll feel you super isolated you. when you're taking that tequila <laughs> shot all by yourself, baby. Um, I mean, I might feel left out when you guys are taking uh, the shot because uh, you will take the shot. All right. All right. Good comeback there. Real original. My scrumptious start of the week. It's two guys on one. It's Deontay Johnson and George Pickens versus the Saints. I think you can start them both this week. It's been very hard to trust Steelers players in fantasy. I get it. But I think if you have them in fantasy, this is the week that you're playing them. So Chase Claypool is gone. Somehow the Steelers stole a second round pick from the Bears for Chase Claypool. Amazing. This will be their first game playing without him because they had a bye this last week. Now Johnson, Deontay Johnson, has zero receiving touchdowns this season. Absolutely insane. He has the most receptions among all players without a touchdown this year. But the thing is, he has 18 red zone targets. That's tied for the ninth most among wide receivers this year. That's tied with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, who have four plus touchdowns on the season. Like he should be scoring more. Pickens and Johnson both have five end zone targets this year. Only one has turned into a touchdown for Pickens and obviously zero for Johnson. But the Saints are allowing over 25 points per game to opponents this year. That's the fifth most in the NFL. They have just two interceptions all year long. So this gives me hope that maybe, maybe the Steelers can get down near the goal line without Pickett throwing an interception. Just once, please. He has a ton of interceptions this year. I would really like them to have a drive where they could just keep going. That would be fantastic. And against this defense, you would hope they will. This is a home game for the Steelers. The Saints are very good at covering the slot and the tight end position, but very bad. They're allowing the fourth most yards in the league at covering wide receivers on the outside, which is where both Pickens and Johnson play. This should be a very good game for them. Now it's risky. but I am nervous that it's going to be a one or the other and not of both situation. And I feel like I would pick the wrong one out of the two. That That's my only concern because I don't know how many games that the Saints have allowed two wide receivers to really go off or have, uh, you know, extreme viability for fantasy week to week. So that's my only hesitation with them. And I want, I just want to believe in George Pickett. So like, I want to fire up George Pickett. Pickens is obviously more exciting because he can have the big splash plays, but Deontay Johnson's really good. He really is. And he's getting screwed over this year. It sucks. But I, I do think they're like, I would rather play both of them than DJ Moore. It's it's hard because he had that one good game a couple weeks ago with that long play. But this Thursday night, it's supposed to be a big storm. Like I'd rather play him there. I'd rather play both of them than Darnell Mooney, than Adam Thielen, than Brandon Cooks, than I don't know. Like you're getting down here with guys that you have to consider like Alec Pierce or Wondell Robinson, like definitely starting them over those guys. Yeah. So basically like wide receiver two territory. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Yeah. I'm not saying start them over Justin Jefferson. Just Ooh, bold take. The wide receivers get gross real fast. Right now the consensus wide receiver 19 on the week is DJ Moore. That's how gross it gets. Woof. That's how gross it gets. I mean, the Falcons have been not great against opposing wide receivers. I would also play both of them over Gabe Davis. Duh. That I'm fully on board with. He's the consensus wide receiver 22 in the rankings this week. Yeah. So I said wide receiver two. Yeah. All right. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? I'm going to go with Jamal Williams against the Chi-Town. Chi-Town? Is it Chi or Chi? Chi. Shy, shy shy town okay shy town bears uh, uh now i don't know ooh, I'm sorry. it Just doesn't sound right yeah i don't know <laughs> uh, but the bears are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing what uh running backs they've allowed a league high 15 rushing touchdowns yes there are some quarterback rushing touchdowns thrown in there but jamal williams when we think of this pairing guys when we think of this pairing he ranks second among among just running backs guys and carries inside the five in the entire NFL as a backup quarterback, like running back, backup running back. Um, I'm just, I'm amazed at what Jamal Williams is doing. I'm amazed by his usage, but still Deandre Swift remains limited nine total snaps in week nine. They're being very cautious with him as he returns to injury. Um, I, I think that 
this is a perfect opportunity for a guy that's been a red zone machine to show off some of that prowess, even when he's not in the red zone. Fifth most rush attempts of 10 or more rushing yards in the NFL, again, as a backup running back. Like, Jamal Williams but across the board. he's been a starter, right? He has, DeAndre Swift hasn't been in. He's been a starter, but again, not a full-time starter. Like, we've still had DeAndre Swift um, in and out, but still somewhat in. I think that Jamal Williams can absolutely eat in this matchup. Fourth in fantasy points per touch in the NFL. I'm going to start him over, like, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Najee Harris, teammate uh, DeAndre Swift, maybe. Yeah. All those guys. I like it. I think he's a great DFS play as well. Like he's going to be stupidly cheap again because again, that backup perception is there for Jamal Williams, but the dude crushes it at the goal line. And I'm so happy for him. He does. And he gets the opportunity. Like, it's not just like he gets, uh, he, he does well when he gets those few opportunities. It's he does well and he gets a lot of those opportunities. So I'm all about it. Jake, I want to throw up at your second one. I think it's garbage. Go ahead. <laughs> Who's your wow, what a what a wonderful welcome introduction to my second start of the week, which is Antonio Gibson. Uh, look, I greased the wheels a little bit with Greg Dulcich. I know that that's a sexier pick for this, but Antonio Gibson. Is it really? Uh, I just... It, Wait, I don't know that you had any really sexy picks. Greg Dulcich is so sexy. What are you talking about? Have you seen that hair? I mean, those locks. Uh, This is these these nice little stats come to you from FantasyLife.com, by the way. But Antonio Gibson had his highest route participation of the season last week, fifty four percent. He also has a twenty nine percent share on targets per route run. Is one point eight five. Yards per route run ranks fourth among running backs with at least 200 routes. J.D. McKissick now is nursing an injury. This is what coming into the season we were so afraid of as McKissick comes back. He again chops into all of the receiving work that we've desperately wanted for Antonio Gibson ever since he came into the league. There is hope. You don't want to root for injury, of course, but with McKissick potentially sidelined again and Brian Robinson underperforming himself these last two, three weeks. He certainly has not been the bright spot that we were hoping for upon his return. Uh, Gibson could really be in for a solid day, and I'm not that worried about the Philly matchup. I mean, for basically every other piece on this team, I am, except for running backs, they're pretty middle of the road. Uh, Gibson put up 11 points against them in week three, and that was when McKissick was there seeing nine targets himself in that game. Now, obviously, that was with Carson Wentz instead of, uh, Taylor Heineke there. So I'm not projecting nine targets for Gibson, but certainly more than what he got back in week three. So I think this is a guy that I would certainly start. If Zeke plays, I'm starting Gibson over Zeke uh, without hesitancy above your Melvin Gordons, who people for some reason are into this week. And I am certainly out on him, but there's a bevy of that again, running back to where he's going to be a mid range option there for this week. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Gross. I say gross, but also like I'm probably gonna have to start him in a couple I mean, weeks. So. I get it. You probably have to, but I'm. I'll, I'll give you a guy that I would start over him. It's Jeff Wilson Jr. versus Browns. Now, Jake, if you had to pick one before I give my argument, would you still be going with Gibson over Wilson? Prior to the argument, I would. But okay. let's see if you can sway me. So Jeff Wilson gets to the Dolphins midweek, and then they make him active. And he out-snaps and out-touched Raheem Mostert right away. Wilson has looked very solid all season long. He, he looked solid with the 49ers. He looked better than Raheem Mostert last week against the Bears. Now, Raheem Mostert did get the touchdown, but Jeff Wilson had three red zone carries, so Mostert's two. And again, it was their very it was his very first week there. So maybe when they got to the goal line, they just felt more comfortable going with a guy who's been there all season long. But the Browns are allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to the running back position this year and nearly five yards per carry to the running back position. And on top of that, they've allowed 13 rushing touchdowns through their eight games this year. So I and I just think moving forward around the goal line, when you have to choose between Jeff Wilson, who's over 225 pounds and Raheem Mostert, who's barely 200 pounds, like you're going to go with Wilson. And clearly they already feel comfortable with him. He already looks better. He's more durable. 
I'm, I'm, I think Jeff Wilson's the dude to have here and you have him in a good offense. The dolphins with Tua are such a good offense. The Browns on the other hand, do not have a good defense. And I expect Jacoby Brissett to be scoring on the other side as well. Cause the dolphins literally don't have a defense. I don't know what happened to it. So I think they'll score lots of points in this game. I'm happily starting him over his co uh, his teammate. I almost said coworker where he most I'm starting. him. I actually put Antonio Gibson in here before I even saw you had him starting him over Antonio Gibson over Zeke over AJ Dillon, even if Aaron Jones is out over guys like uh, Devin Singletary, James Connor. So I feel pretty confident about Jeff Wilson this week. I think he's a great play. And I do think that he probably has a higher likelihood of a touchdown, which gives him the edge in that direction so i i could be i could be coaxed into that it's not like oh man you have to start him over him for me you know wilson over gibson but i get it i get the argument it sounds like you already were coaxed into it just just saying what you are riding my ass in this podcast (laughs) oh my god i did not (laughs) how do you feel Tell me how you really feel. Oh, oh my goodness. It started with trivia and it never ends. Jake just turned purple. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Kate, who is your second scrumptious start of the week? Oh, it's definitely not Antonio Gibson. <laughs> not after that. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin, who I love. I think he's underrated in general, but I feel like we're not talking enough about like what he's just getting in general in terms of target share 10 plus targets in four straight weeks. And like, we're not even going to count his game where he returned from injury played 52% of offensive snaps in week five since then averaging almost 90% of offensive snaps. Like this dude has been in, in the last four weeks, second in NFL targets, just uh, behind Tyreek Hill, which is pretty incredible. Not putting up the same yardage, not been super efficient, but I do think that the Seattle Seahawks could be the cure here. So on the outside, they've been extremely efficient in covering wide receivers, but Kobe Bryant, a slot cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks has been not so fantastic. Like this has been the Seahawks biggest weakness so far. He has allowed the third most yards in slot coverage among all defenders per PFF allowing a passer rating of over 110, allowing the third most catches uh, to anybody in the slot. And now he gets Chris Godwin, who I think is going to be the perfect complement to that skill set. Like, sure, I'm, I'm going to fade Mike Evans a little bit. I think this is a Chris Godwin week. It's a perfect matchup. And I think that, like, if the, the Bucks are going to be smart about this, that's how they're going to utilize uh, these mismatches in week 10. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, a rookie, I think fourth round, if I'm remembering correctly, against Chris Godwin seems like bad news. Seems like money in my pocket. Yeah. And I do love it because it, it like the production has to catch up to how many targets he's seen. So I begrudgingly give you a round of applause for this one, Kate. And even even if it's not like super efficient, again, like this could be an opportunity for him to have eight nine receptions like in a ppr format that's yeah that's gold i like it i like it all right let's move in to our farty fart fades of the week jake i always love your smile when i say that (laughs) who you farting baby (laughs) i'm I'm farting out big time on kirk cousins this week who is playing the buffalo bills and we talked about Josh Allen, of course, at the top of the show in that injury. The only way that I could see a path towards Kirk Cousins being usable this week is if he just had to keep firing away in the fourth quarter to keep up with the Bills and Josh Allen on the other side. But if he's going to be hindered or Case Kingdom's in there, even that gets taken away. The Bills are already allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and they've played some great ones this year. The only quarterback to exceed 16 fantasy points against them was Patrick Mahomes. Because, duh. Because, of course, he's going to do that. But if Lamar Jackson can't do it, if Tua Tagovailoa can't do it, do we think Cousins is going to be able to do this on the road, nonetheless? And his road splits have not been favorable to him. That's a career trajectory, not just a one-year thing. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not into you, Kirk, and I'm sorry. I've been a big proponent of him. Uh, he was almost a start of the week for me last week, but I'm sitting him 
in most instances this week. Yeah, I'm totally with you. The Bills just have such a good defense. And especially if Case Keenum plays, you wouldn't expect like the Vikings have to keep up as much like if Josh Allen's there, but they haven't allowed anybody to do anything. And like you said, they played good quarterbacks. So it's really hard to start them this week. Totally the, with you. The Bills is like, that's a hostile environment. Yeah, and Kirk, it's in Buffalo. Kirk does not respond to hostile <laughs> super well. Um, we'll see, like, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I do not expect a shirtless Kirk Cousins to be celebrating <laughs> on the plane ride home this week. Oh my God, what happens if they win? Oh no! Oh my God, we're gonna get. He's gonna waged. be out on the wings. Yeah, we're gonna get <laughs> the wing of the much. plane. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned Jake that a lot of people were hyping up Melvin Gordon this week, which is weird. Why would anybody do that ever? But especially in this matchup. So Melvin Gordon at the Titans is my biggest fade of the week. I think he's gonna put up a big stinker. A, they traded for Chase Edmonds. No, I don't think that really matters. But they just keep adding running backs. Like, can you stop it? They clearly do not have much trust in Melvin Gordon. Now, his team snap percentage has actually been at over 50% each of the last two weeks, which He's is just not allowed to touch the ball. Yeah, 11 carries in week seven, nine carries in week eight. Now he, he squeezed in that touchdown before the bye, so he ended up you know not killing you if you played him, but you wouldn't have been happy if you didn't get into the end zone. He's been really bad on the ground. I mean, with Melvin Gordon coming into this year, we're like, he's still really good. He's no longer really good anymore. You can blame it on his offensive line or whatever you want, the system, but he's not producing on the ground. It's been terrible. And the Titans have allowed a running back to score more than 15 PPR points only once, and that was in week one against Devin Singletary. Since then, they've shut down running backs. Like, if you watch the – when did the – the Chiefs and uh, the Chiefs and the Titans played. What was it, Monday or Sunday night? Sunday night, yeah. and they suffocated the running backs. They couldn't do anything. The week prior, they played the Texans. Damian Pierce has been killing defenses on the ground. Is looking so good, and they held him to 35 rushing yards on 15 carries. And Damian Pierce is a really good running back. So like they're just really a really good defense against running backs. I'm I'm not starting Melvin Gordon. Like I'm not doing it unless I'm absolutely desperate. I'm starting obviously Cordell Patterson over him. Deonta Foreman. I'm still going with him. Tyler Algier, Devin Singletary, who I don't even think will have a good game in the slightest. I'm still going with him. I am willing to go real deep here before I have to touch Melvin Gordon. Big one. Melvin Gordon or Daryl Henderson? What's the line? Henderson. Wow. Oof. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you know, I'll just lock myself in a closet and cry <laughs> instead of making that decision. But yeah, that's that's pretty rough. I I don't know. I might lean Gordon there, but I wouldn't like it. Ew. It's not it's not great no matter what. I mean, yeah. I'd prefer to shower. Like that's where I'm at. Okay, who's your fade of the week? All right. I'm gonna fade a guy who I think is super, super hard to sit. So I hundred like I get it if you can't sit this guy, but Aaron Jones not loving this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, not loving the status of health. Um, it feels like a great game. Like it, it seems like a game that would be pretty low scoring, right? With the the struggles the Packers are having with how good the Dallas defense is. Like, it seems like this is a game that, you know, maybe Dallas is able to run the ball a bit and keep, keep the clock running. It, it it feels like that game, but I still don't think this is a week to trust Aaron Jones, even if he is active left last week in a walking boot, not loving that. Um, I I'm not sure even if he is healthy though, this matchup against the Cowboys have allowed just four rushing touchdowns on the year. Haven't been a fantastic matchup for opposing running backs along the third fewest fantasy points to the running back position. Just not a ton of upside that this team is offering. Um, Really the best game in the entire season was week three against Saquon Barkley. And he saw lots of carries on the ground. He saw plenty of receiving work. I just don't know that we're going to be able to count on that volume with Aaron Jones to, sustain some of that inefficiency I think we're going to get with this matchup so I'm full on out 
But you would play him over uh, Melvin Gordon, right? Ugh. <laughs> Aaron Jones over Melvin Gordon. Yes, you would. I would, yeah, I would take Aaron Jones for the upside. Um, but I like DeAndre Swift, who I think again could probably see like 15 total snaps. I'll still take DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's gross. It's sad. I, I'm it's, with you on this. This is one of those takes that if he goes off, you're doing tequila. Another one? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're telling people sit Aaron Jones. That's a that's a Jake, Can I get your unbiased, biased Packers opinion on this one? Yeah, it's going to be very biased, uh, but I think it's going to be biased in favor of your take on this one, just because I was so heartbroken about like he when they decide to feed him the ball, it's against a team like the Bills when they're completely out of it and they need desperately to throw the ball. And they do the opposite of what you think they should do. So it's irrational coaching, and that's always tough to trust a running back. in. All right. All right. Let's run through our last phase of the week here. Jake, who's your person? All right, I went with the sexy pick at tight end for my start. Now I'm going with the opposite in Gerald Everett, who's playing the 49ers. It's such a bummer hey, because a at the start, man. he is. He is a handsome fellow, but he does not have handsome stat lines to back that up these last few weeks, unfortunately. He's been tight end 11 now in points per game on the year, which is great. And that's why I think a lot of people are going to feel like they need to start him because ah, he's a top 12 tight end, which we know doesn't really mean anything week to week. And since week five, he is actually the tight end 28 because for whatever reason, that team cannot function properly right now. Uh, I don't know if Keenan Allen has just been this magical mystery piece that needs to get the whole thing humming, but it doesn't seem like he's guaranteed to come back anyways. Um, It's very bad. He's had single digit points in three of his last four games. I don't see that getting any better against the 49ers who have been incredibly stingy against tight ends. Third fewest yards. Fifth fewest fantasy points allowed. Just two total touchdowns. It's not great. So I'm sitting him in every format. I'm with you. Like I, ex- not- I expected Everett to be way better last week. There's no Keenan Allen. There's no Mike Williams. They need Gerald Everett. They were against the Falcons, who are allowing a ton of points to the tight end position. And he really disappointed. And now you're saying he's going up against a hard defense? Like, no thanks. No, thank you. Um, but also, like, Keenan Allen. Who? Like, maybe he's the missing piece, but, like, this team, I think, in general, has been just surprisingly underwhelming. Now, again, you don't have the wide receiver power. You don't have Keenan Allen. No Mike Williams. Like, this is a team that I'm having a hard time figuring out. They're not in a good place, and it's it's hard to reconcile that because they feel like they should be a better team than they are. Yeah, I'm with you. My farty fart fade of the week is Kyler Murray at the Rams. Ooh. Now, I had him here even before the hamstring news, but that just makes it worse because I do think he plays. But then with the hamstring injury, like he won't be running around as much, which is pretty much his only skill set right now. I don't know. The Cardinals are so bad. They just are a bad team. And Kyler Murray has struggled lately. He has scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in four of his last five games. He is averaging 6.0 yards per pass attempt this season. That's the few, the second fewest in the league among quarterbacks with four plus starts, only better than Kenny Pickett. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are a disaster together and they can't get their crap together. It looked like it was coming together with DeAndre Hopkins And then last week it fell all apart again from weeks two through nine. The Rams have allowed just 11.5 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Now I cut off week one because they got destroyed by Josh Allen and the bills. Literally their souls got taken out of their bodies. But since that game, they've been really, really good against quarterbacks. Kyler Murray himself had his worst fantasy performance of the season against the Rams in week three. He scored just 13 points. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I get it. There's not a lot of good fantasy quarterbacks out there. You might be stuck playing him. I just don't think he's going to do very well. But if you can get your 14 points, it's probably better than picking up Sam Ellinger and getting one point. I, I get that. But if you were lucky enough to pick up a Justin Fields or a Tua on the waivers throughout the season this year and you have that backup, easily starting them over him. And go see what you need to trade. Like The hamstring injury kind of hurts, but... Kyler Murray still has a big name. So if you're like, hey, 
I'll give you Kyler Murray for Justin Fields. Just test it out. Test it out. I would much rather have Fields the rest of the year. And then Jacoby Brissett is a guy I'd consider starting over Kyler Murray as well. It's close. That's wow. a little worrisome. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. big time. Yeah. All right, Jake. Did I skip your second fade? No, you had your own number. Kate, who is, who's your last fade of the week? I'm also sticking with the quarterback position. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to fade Daniel Jones. who's coming off a bye. But, like, I want to remind people that just what we saw before the bye. It wasn't pretty. Are you just going to remind him that he's Daniel Jones? Well, no, because I feel like it, we've had lots of rushing upside here for Daniel Jones. But one against the Seahawks prior to the bye just had over 200 scrimmage yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, just very blah. And I have a feeling that we're going to see a very similar stat line going up against the Houston secondary, allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And I mean, the Houston run game, like I feel like this secondary is capable of making plays. They've got like some splash playability in them, but the run game, they can't stop a gosh darn thing. And this is going to be a Saquon Barkley show. This is going to be uh, Saquon Barkley literally just plowing his way through this defense over and over and over again. I can picture this being a low-scoring game. I don't think that this is a Daniel Jones game script. Even Jalen Hurts, like this team kept this game very, you know, relatively competitive. And Jalen Hurts had 20 rushing yards. Like this isn't a very high upside matchup for Daniel Jones, despite the fact that he does have some upside, I think in the right matchup. So I'm just saying, don't get cute this week. Michelle, would you rather play Daniel Jones or (laughs) Kyler Murray? Oh my gosh. Pick one. I'll stick with Kyler Murray, but I don't like it. I'll stick with Kyler Murray though. All right. Before we close out the show, we'll get into our help me make my lineups. We're just going to run through our answers here. I have five questions for y'all. And they're hard ones. I'm not going to lie. I did not make them easy. I don't even know my answers yet. And I made them. Rashad White versus Seahawks or Naheem Hines versus the Vikings. See, I felt like this was an easy one that you were kind of easing us into because I want Rashad White here above Naeem Hines. I just don't trust what they believe his utilization to be. I know last week was the first week with his new team and his most exciting output was on a, a kick return. I just still don't trust a guy who we've seen get practically zero touches. So I'll go with White. I'm not going to love it, but I'll do it. Yeah, I feel like every week the Buccaneers reporters or someone in fantasy is like, this is the week Rashad White gets touches. And it's like, oh, my God, is it ever coming? And also, like, he hasn't been very good on the ground either. So neither is neither. Is not, no, Fournette stinks. I mean, just the Buccaneers run game stinks. I guess I'm going with White just because the Bills have three guys in the backfield and there's only two in Tampa Bay and neither team likes to run. So I'll go with White. I'll take the guy that I think has a safer rushing floor as low as that is because I think both of them, at least at this point and where we're at in the season and their current charts, from a receiving standpoint, I think they have similar upsides. I'll take Rashad White. The reason why I was thinking Hines could be a sneaky pick is because if Case Keenum plays, he might check down a little bit more than Josh Allen does. But But what if we have uh, Dalvin Cook? versus James Boy, Cook yeah. and they they feature James Cook You're because right. he's facing his brother. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so Rashad are, White or James Cook? Rashad White, okay. duh. All right. <laughs> Devonta Smith versus the Commanders or in the same game, Terry McLaurin versus the Eagles. Terry McLaurin is scary to play right now. Like his ceiling is not nothing. It's like scary one of the Terry. Yeah, but in all the wrong ways, like scary for me, not scary for the defense. <laughs> I would go with Devontae. But I, I understand that he hasn't gotten a lot of work and it can be an A.J. Brown game. But we've seen what his ceiling looks like. And when he goes off, he goes off big. So give me Smith. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Terry McLaurin here. I don't love the the defensive matchup. Let's be clear. Don't love these wide receivers going up against that secondary. But Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke, they have a thing. I don't know what it is. It's not always delicious, but it works. And 
over the last three games, averaging eight targets a game, at least like on pace for almost 1400 receiving yards. I'll I'll take it. He's in the last three games. I said that in the last three games, Uh, like, but I'm saying like, those are the games we have to look at with Taylor Heineke. And we saw him be productive last year with Taylor, like, him and Taylor Heineke are a thing. I'm going with Devonta Smith. The last time they played Washington, that was the Devonta Smith game. Maybe it doesn't happen again, but I like the matchup a lot more. Both are at risk of just completely screw you over. So but I'm going with guys, Devonta Smith. Do you guys not think that Devonta Smith has the lower floor? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. McLaurin has a higher floor. So I get the appeal and like 10 points isn't going to ruin you. So last week's, you know, output was still fine. I just would rather chase the upside there. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy or his teammate, Cortland Sutton versus the Titans. Judy, although neither. Uh, Dulcich, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I would go Judy. I mean, he's, Cortland Sutton has just faded into oblivion right now. Yeah. So until he actually comes back and has something legitimate to show, uh, I'm not going to be interested in him. Yeah, I think this is probably the easiest question I had in here. I'm going with Judy. The Titans uh, are pretty bad against covering the slot. And that's where Jerry Judy plays most of his snaps. And he's been getting the targets lately. So I'm going with Jerry Judy. Uh, I just made reference to Terry McLaurin's uh, average or uh, 17 game pace uh, over the last three games. Can you guys guess the 17 game pace for Cortland Sutton over the last three weeks? I'm staring 1800. 283 receiving yards. <laughs> Wait, <Dude>. really? <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Over oh, just the last three games. Over the last three games. But again, in that same His last three size. games are 14 yards, 24 yards, and 13 yards. He wow. has disappeared. It's been bad. So, Jerry, Judy, for sure. Next one, we got two more to go. Chase Claypool versus the Lions in the second game with the Bears. Or... Paris Campbell versus the Raiders. They're really bad against the slot, but you're playing with Sam Ellinger. So what are we doing here? I, I can't. I, I, it makes me cringe to think about starting Michael Pittman right now, let alone Paris Campbell. So I'll, I'll take the somewhat reliability of Chase Claypool, understanding that he might not see a ton of targets because that offense doesn't pass a lot, but big play potential. I'll take Claypool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I'm actually gonna take Paris Campbell here. Uh gross enough. Like I think there there's just a little bit more upside with this matchup. I think Chase Claypool, like fine. I like the term reliability in relation to Chase Claypool just doesn't click with me. <laughs> I just fair. I literally can't bring myself to do it. And that's why he's gonna go off for 140 <laughs> yeah. yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a good game, but I would go with Claypool. They did try to get him the ball last week, six targets in his very first game. So I do think he's supposed to be a big part of this offense. They gave up a really early pick for him. So I'll go with Claypool. It's a nice matchup. And Paris Campbell is a really nice matchup, but I just do not trust that offense. And then lastly, this is a question about matchups pretty much because there's one clear, better tight end. It's Pat Fryermuth versus the Saints, who's – them and the commanders are right there as the worst matchups for tight ends in the league or Tyler Higby. He gets the Cardinals, the best matchup against tight ends. Who are you going with? Are you getting too cute with matchups here? You, you got, you want to do this. We've done it for a bunch of other players. You want to guess what Tyler Higby's 17 game paces over the last three games, Let's 30 yards, 125 yards. <laughs> wow. the season. I'm not playing Tyler Higby matchup. Be damned. I'll take Fryermuth. Especially not with uh, John Wolford, I guess. I mean, it's easily Pat Pryor. But the thing is, so, like, the Saints literally are giving up nothing against the tight ends. And when you look at their schedule, you're like, oh, well, they haven't played very many good tight ends. And then Isaiah Likely comes out on the first drive. And, well, maybe it was the first time the Ravens score. And it's a 24-yard touchdown. And you're like, woo, look at this. And then he doesn't catch another pass all game. That's it. It was that one catch, 24-yard touchdown. You'll take it. But you're going to need that touchdown from Pat Frymuth in this game. And Kenny Pickett has thrown two touchdowns all year long. And I'm saying that Deontay Johnson and and, uh, George Pickens are good. So something has to give here. 
I'll it, still take Fryer Booth. I don't yeah. care if he gets two targets and two catches out of those two targets for three yards. It's probably going to be better than what Higby does. And again, now watch him go off for like a crazy 100-yard game. Yeah, I'm still going with Fryer because he's a much better tight end overall. But I do think Tyler Higby is safer this week to get you five points. But you're talking five points here, so you might as well go for the upside with the touchdowns. I still don't even think Tyler Higby scored a touchdown this year. Although I think Fryermuth has one touchdown, so who knows? Yeah, he has one because the Steelers have scored one touchdown all goddamn year. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? It's 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 a tough situation to be in. Fantasy football is is hard, y'all. We're trying our hardest here to give you the best advice. So if you have more questions before the games kick off, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blast and Ball Blast EM. You can follow me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.